don't know why that was tested. Uh, Taylor, age 11, said, when your mom is mad at your dad, don't let her brush her hair. Uh, little girl's hair, the tangles in it. Yeah. Uh, Amir, age 9, said, you can't hide a piece of broccoli in your milk. <laughs> that would have been a tough one to figure out. Uh, Mitchell, 12, said, don't sneeze in front of your mom when you're eating a cracker. And Michael, age 14, said, never tell your mom her diet's not working. This is wisdom. We're, we're looking at wisdom today. Uh, we're going to be in Deuteronomy chapter 10, um, but I want to set it up a little bit with what's going on. Um, so in Deuteronomy chapter 9, I'm not going to read through all this. There's, there's uh, 29 verses, but the first six verses, the Israelites, these were, um, these were God's chosen people that we read a lot about in the Old Testament especially. They were told that they were blessed, not because of their righteousness, not because they were good, but because everyone else was just really bad. And that's really that's what it says, verse, verse six verses, and then verses seven to seven to twenty nine, um, they're reminded of all the bad that they've done, from the golden calf uh, to three or four other just acts of disobedience, times that they decided they weren't going to follow God, and the consequences uh, were were not good, and then chapter ten, first ten verses speaks of the ark of the covenant, uh, shows uh, God's holiness as well as the the use of, use of the ten commandments. And then verse 11 is like the transition, and that's what we're going to get up to in just a second. But verse 11 says this, Go, the, led, the Lord said to me, and he's speaking to, to Moses there, um, and lead the people on their way so that they may enter and possess the land I swore to their ancestors to give to them. So it's looking back, okay, that I, I promised that I would give them this land, and now look ahead. This is what we're going to do. And so after the three previous chapters, if you really, if you start out at chapter 6 and, and just keep reading through, uh, you're, you're going to see that, like, this is like when a parent says, um, hey, stop doing that. Hey, stop doing that. Hey, this is your last warning. Hey, if I have to pull the car over, if I have to tell you one more time, I mean, that's, that's, what, that's what it feels like. When I read this, I feel like God is, is telling the Israelites, I've given you plenty of chances now. You better knock it off or it's not going to be good. All right, um, so wisdom is, is what we're going to get to, but the core verse for, for today, we're going to have one every week for the year, it's in Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7, and it speaks on how we get to wisdom. It says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. So it's the fear of the Lord leads to wisdom, instruction, knowledge, but if you don't start out with that fear... Uh, well, then uh, it says that you're a fool. Jesus makes this more clear in, in, uh, uh, later. He says that this path leads to destruction. And so you got a couple options here. Now, before, before I go into this even more, uh, I just want to make it clear, and if you read the book of Job and read about his life, just because we follow God doesn't mean that things are going to be perfect. Just because we, we feel like, hey, I'm reading this and I'm applying this wisdom, wisdom to my life, now everything's going to go well, um, that doesn't always happen. And so you might think, well, if, I, if my life's not going well, if, if, uh, if, you know, if this relationship isn't working, if my kids aren't doing what I want them to do, if, if my job's not going well, then, well, then I must not be operating uh, with this wisdom. It's not always the case. Job was the most righteous of the time. And things didn't go well for him, at least for a while. We don't always understand God's ways. And so uh, a bank in 
New York sent some flowers to a competitor who had recently moved into a new building. And there was a mix-up at the flower shop, and they sent a card uh, with their flowers, and it said, with our deepest sympathy. The florist was, was embarrassed and apologized, um, but it was worse because the other card that was supposed to go to the bank went to the funeral home in honor of someone who had died, and the card said, congratulations on your new location. <laughs> That's horrible. I can't believe you guys laughed. That wasn't even a joke. I can't believe you laughed at that. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, we like to think that wisdom is finding solutions to problems. I think that's, that's pretty, if you had to define a wisdom, it would be knowing what to do in a certain situation or knowing how to resolve something. Uh, but we don't always get it right. But even when we do, what if our focus is in the wrong place? What if what we're actually trying to get right doesn't really matter that much? I think that's what was going on here. And so we're going to start off a little differently this morning. I'm going to give you the main idea at the beginning. Usually I wait till the end and it's like the bottom line. Um, Well, I was reading this text and I was practicing through it. And as I went through, I I thought, I don't, I don't really, I'm not seeing like something that just grabs, grabs my attention. Like, I I don't want you to go through the sermon and, or, you know, hearing this and, and just like, where's he going with this? So I'm just going to give the main idea. And then I think it helps keep everything else into perspective. Um, It's this, don't waste time on getting everything right. Don't waste time on getting everything right. Just focus on what God will, will uh, on God, and you will get everything right that you need to. Instead of trying to, to make everything perfect, just follow God. And things that will, things that happen. Which? How about now? Yeah, we'll just stick with that. Um, Later, Jesus says something very similar. He, he says in Matthew 6, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these, all these things will be given to you as well. Follow God, seek Jesus in building his kingdom, and, and you don't have to worry about all the other stuff. Um, but let's look at wisdom then and see how we go about this. So the first part of the text answers the simple question, what is wisdom? Starting at verse 12. And now, Israel, what does the Lord ask, the Lord your God ask of you, but to fear the Lord your God, to walk in obedience to him, to love him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, and to observe the Lord's commands and decrees that I am giving you today, I like this part, for your own good. Why are we doing all this? Because we need to? Because we have to earn our, earn our way? No. Uh, he actually gives us all these rules for our own good. Uh, so what is wisdom? And in your programs, you'll see there's a list. And uh, the first one, wisdom, is to fear. And I added this in mind after those the programs were printed, but add the word God after all of those blanks. And so it's to fear God is the start of wisdom. Now, I know the Bible says that, that love drives out fear. First uh, John 4, 17 says, This is how love is made complete among us, so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. The beginning of wisdom is, starts with fear. It, it may not be the driving force. It won't be the driving force the rest of the way. But if you love Jesus, you do not have to fear punishment, condemnation, or hell. That's, that's what this scripture is talking about, punishment. But Jesus actually said in our, in our daily lives, there's, there should be some fear. In Luke 12, 
beginning of verse 4, he says, I tell you, my friends, do not be afraid of those who kill the body and after that can do no more. But I will show you whom you should fear. Fear him who, after your body has been killed, has authority to throw you into hell. Yes, I tell you, fear him. Are not five sparrows sold for two pennies, yet not one of them is forgotten by God? Indeed, the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Do not be afraid. You are worth more than the sparrows. Now, an unbeliever lives in fear. There is a fear of, of judgment and, and, uh, and punishment in hell because that, that's, that's what's going to happen to an unbeliever. We can read that in many places. But a believer leads first by putting God first. So we quit walking around worrying about everything else. This is like the daily application of it. Um, we, we don't worry about every, every day about uh, what's going to happen next week and in five years. Instead, just follow God and trust that he will lead us. The missionary Oswald Chambers said, It is the most natural thing in the world to be scared, and the clearest evidence that God's grace is at work in our hearts is when we do not get into panics. The remarkable thing about fearing God is that when you fear God, you fear nothing else, whereas if you do not fear God, you fear everything else. See the difference? It's, it's perception. If I believe God is powerful and in control, then I, then I put my trust in him and I don't worry about all the little stuff. And as we move through the text this morning, you'll see how the fear started this. But it was the relationships that keeps it going, which is ultimately our trust. And so our primary motivation then isn't because I'm afraid all the time. It's because I trust God. So wisdom is also to obey God. And this is all from just those first couple verses. It's like the mom who always tried to teach her children God's desire that they should respect and obey their parents. And one morning, following an evening of explaining the golden rule to her preschool daughter, she quizzed her. She said, what's the golden rule? And the daughter looked and she said, oh, I, I know, I know, you're the mommy. Isn't that, that's not really the golden rule. Feels like that sometimes. You just say, why? Because I'm the parent, you know. But wisdom is to love God. Next. Um, during a visit to the children's Bible class, a preacher looked at the kids very seriously and said, why do you love God? And after a, after a moment, one of the kids said, well, I, I guess it just runs in the family. Just a good answer. I'm kind of working through this list quiz quickly because I think it's important to, to pull this out of the text, but I don't think it's the most important part. Uh, we'll get there in a little bit. Wisdom is to serve God. Uh, enough with the jokes. This one's actually a, a, a serious thing. In the dominant language of Ghana, the only way to ask the question, what is your religion, is, is to say, whom do you serve? I really, I really like that. What is your religion, or whom do you serve? What really answers the question of who our God is? And last, wisdom is to observe God. Over the last two weeks, we looked at change, uh, first week of the year, and then we looked at freedom last week. And you'll see how, because of our free will, uh, we actually have an opportunity to change. But this is how we do it. This is the wisdom that's provided for us from God. If you want to follow him, uh, th then we operate by following his ways. If you want to change, uh, you, just, you just follow him. So it begins with, res with fear and respect and then the relationship uh, by knowing Jesus. But because of our insecurities, um, be because it's hard to not be afraid if we're going to run out of money or if uh, something's going to happen in, in our family or with our kids or with our spouse, because, because of our, our fears, our insecurities, it's normal. 
um, we have to know where our security is. Ultimately, the, the coney is a rock badger, and it's a little bit bigger than prairie dogs. And conies are gray, and they live on rocks that they, they blend in um, with the rocks. So as long as the coney is on the rock, it's almost impossible to see. And so when there's a predator um, or a vulture swooping down, they're, they're pretty safe, and they can get into the rocks. But one thing about the, the conies is if, if they leave uh, the rock and go out on, onto the grass, the prairie, um, well, it, it doesn't end well usually. There's, there's the wolves and the lions and the birds, uh, and they don't have a chance. Um, the, 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 there's just no way that they can survive unless they stay in their security. And, and so that's like with us and our wisdom. That's really what wisdom is. It's knowing who God is and having security because of that. When we leave that security, uh, well, then we're very vulnerable to the world. So what? now that we have the list of what wisdom looks like, why? Why would we call that wisdom? And it's, again, it's the security. It's from verse 14. It says, to the Lord your God belongs the heavens, even the highest heavens, the earth, and everything in it. If we believe that God is in full control and he made this and he made us and, and, uh, and he is powerful and he's loving, then why would we put our security anywhere else? When we waste our time doing that, we're not acknowledging him. We're not giving the glory or the praise that, that he deserves. He doesn't need it from us, but he wants it from us. And so he takes care of us and he makes these promises that we don't have to waste our time doing other things. Verse 15. Yet the Lord set his affection on your ancestors and loved them. He chose you, their descendants, above all the nations as it is today. So this is like the relationship between a parent and a child. Even though everything belongs to God, it says, yet he still showed his affection. He still chose you, and he still loves you. And, and I just sometimes when I read these passages about God loving us, I'm like, yeah, I know. They taught us that when we were little. Jesus loves you. This I know. No, for the Bible tells me so. And it's right here. It, it does. But, man, we need to know this. It doesn't feel like I'm loved by anyone else sometimes. I know my family loves me and things. But most people uh, love conditionally. And if they knew all of our thoughts and all of our secrets uh, and maybe all the, th- all the things that we think about them, you know, not that not that I've ever thought anything bad about anyone else, but but if you really think about that, how conditional is our love? God knows all that, and He still sent His Son to die for us. It doesn't get any more unconditional than that. So this is the relationship. Just like the Ten Commandments starts out, "I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Israel." God wants us to know you don't earn this. You don't follow these rules to get to Him. He's made a way. He loves you. He sent Jesus to die for you. Now, if you want to trust him, that he can provide a better life, follow him. That's wisdom. And as, as parents choose to grow in their relationship with God, or with their children, that's what God did with us. He wants to grow in relationship. And the closer we get to him, the more we can trust him. And the more we trust him, the more safe we feel, and we can continue to follow him. It's a, it's a pretty good cycle, if you really think about it. But parents also have to set boundaries for their kids. Um, we, we know, I mean, as a parent, I want my kids to love me and to enjoy me, um, but I know I have to set boundaries, and that's healthy. And uh, Robert Fulgham wrote in, Can- in the Kansas City Times about this. He said, most of what I really need to know about how to live and what to do and how to be, I learned in kindergarten. Wisdom is not at the top of the graduate school mountain, but there in the sandbox at nursery school. 
He said, these are the things I learned. Share everything. Play fair. Don't hit people. Put things where you found them. Clean up your own mess. Don't take things that aren't yours. Say you're sorry when you hurt somebody. When you go out into the world, watch for traffic, hold hands, and stick together. You know, when I read that list, that's, that's not in the Bible, but it sure sounds pretty close. Love people. We learned that from the very beginning. That's, that's wisdom. Not trying, to, not trying to find different ways and find the meaning of life and everything. I mean, God's given it to us. It's, it's, in, the, it's in the word, but it's also, uh, we just know it. We, when, when we're taught it, we see these things, that's love others, love people. And so we learn very early in life that, that appropriate boundaries and rules, it just makes life better for everyone. And after the boundaries are set and after the relationship's formed and we trust him and we know, uh, the application comes. Verse 16, he's, it says, circumcise your hearts, therefore, and do not be stiff-necked any longer. Circumcise your hearts. Just like two weeks ago, we read Romans 12. It said, do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Do not conform. That's what this means. Circumcise, circumcise your hearts. Get rid of the bad. Remember, we can't change ourselves. We can't, we can't transform ourselves. We can be transformed, but the starting point is to get the bad out and let God work through us. Let him work good through us. A stiff-necked person would be someone who is very stubborn. That's, that's what that term means. They want to do it their own way, and they don't care about anything else they hear. And I thought about this relationship with, you know, with parents and kids, because if you have raised kids, whether they're uh, two or 22, maybe 52 for some of you, um, they, they might uh, be stubborn sometimes. Um, I was thinking about my, my four-year-old a while back, uh, she, I said to her, don't throw trash on the floor because she was eating a protein bar or something. Just threw the wrapper on the floor. I mean, intentionally. I said, hey, don't throw it on the floor. Well, no, I'm sorry. I said, we don't throw trash on the floor. And you know what she said? Being four years old, this is wisdom. Well, this girl does. Yeah, it, it was, it's hard not to laugh sometimes. Um, and it was cute at the time, but... You know, when they're 14 and they have that same attitude or when they're 24 or, you know, when it keeps going, that's, it's hard to know sometimes, you know, when to enjoy it and, and when to uh, make sure those boundaries are clear. And I just wonder, is that how God is with us? Just trying to, like, he wants you to love him and he wants you to enjoy him, but, man, he wants what's best for you. And so he's, we, we have to learn. We have to learn to be able to, uh, to have wisdom. And so what does that look like uh, when we... When we get rid of the bad and we follow God, it keeps going. Verse 17, for the Lord your God is God of gods and Lord of lords, the great God, mighty and awesome, who shows no partiality and accepts no bribes. He defends the cause of the fatherless and the widow and loves the foreigner residing among you, giving them food and clothing. What does wisdom look like? Well, it's unnatural. Uh, this doesn't look like wisdom probably to most people. This is world changing. Uh, it's not fair. And it, it, it doesn't appear to be very safe with some of it. And, and I, I don't, I'm not going to, I don't, I'm not going to get political. I'm, I'm going to be biblical. And I just want you to look at this scripture and, and not as a, not as an organization, but personally, where are you at with some of this stuff? This, this is what God commanded. If you want to be set apart, if you want to be holy, if you want to represent me, uh, do this stuff. Wisdom doesn't just lead us down the right path. 
Uh, I think we think of wise people that have got things all together, but what about the people around them? I could have everything all together, but the people around me might, might be a mess. And what good would that be, really? It might feel nice for me, but it, wisdom blesses others. And it's not always deserved. That's called grace. And that's what God did for us to establish the relationship. We didn't earn it. We don't deserve to be saved. We just sang about that in that last song. But he loves us, and he, showed, he gave it anyway. That's why we trust him. That's why we follow him. It finishes up this way. And you are to love those who are foreigners, for you, you yourselves were foreigners in Egypt. Fear the Lord your God and serve him. Hold fast to him and take your oath in his name. He is the one you praise. He is your God who performed for you those great and awesome wonders you saw with your own eyes. Your ancestors who went down into Egypt were 70 in all. And now the Lord your God had made, has made you as numerous as the stars in the sky. So like, hey, everyone, you guys were, you were slaves, remember? Uh, and, yeah, I brought you out of that. And then you were lost. Well, yeah, I, I, I'm leading you through that, too. He reminds those people, the Israelites, of where they were because of him. And I would, I would kind of wonder, maybe we could think about that for ourselves. Why are you here today? I mean, what brought you to this point? Not just in the church building, but to know God. What, what brought us to this point? Because I think sometimes when we're here long enough, we just kind of, well, this is just who I am. I've always gone to church. Um, but it didn't have to be that way. It, I mean, it could, we could have easily been led down a different path. Um, but why? why? Why do I feel more blessed? Um, just, just this past week, uh, Ryan and I, uh, we encountered some people that uh, they weren't so blessed. Um, they, they were in a very bad situation. And, and, I, and it was frustrating. Sometimes it's not fun to, uh, to help other people. But why, why am I able to and they're not? Well, I wish I knew the answer. But I know I, I'm able to and I can. And when we have the opportunity, why not share it? You know, why, why not make the most of what we've been given uh, for those who maybe haven't been given so much? That's, that's like the, the parable of the, of the talents. Some have been given more, so we use it. We've all been set apart. Uh, this isn't the Israelites anymore. We, ha we have faith in Jesus, and the, de the descendants of Abraham uh, ha have, the, uh, have this opportunity uh, to make a difference because we know of God's love and his grace. And so instead of offering any application uh, today, I just kind of want to bring it home. And so I, I read this in, uh, in my study Bible. It said, wisdom, is, wi wisdom in the Bible may begin with a combination of God-given skills and moral faithfulness but it ends in Jesus Christ. And 1 Corinthians 1 says this, Jews demand signs and Greeks look for wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to the Jews and foolishness to the Gentile, but to, to those whom God has called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. For the foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom, and the weakness of God is stronger than human strength. Brothers and sisters, Think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many of you were influential. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. God chose the lowly things of the world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are so that no one can boast before him. It is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus 
who has become for us wisdom from God. Now, what does that mean? Jesus is wisdom. It keeps going. That is our righteousness, our holiness, and redemption. I would say that means that's the point of wisdom, to lead us to Jesus, and then we'll be right with God, to be holy, being transformed to be more like him so that we can make a difference in the world, and the redemption, the hope that we carry through the rest of our lives. Therefore, as it is written, let no one, or let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. So why is Jesus wisdom? Because he has the answers, because he shared them with us, and he decided um, that even when we still try to do it our own way, even when you choose a relationship that uh, you probably shouldn't, you know it's probably not a good idea, even when you choose a, a habit, you might call it, that you know leads to many addictions, uh, even when you hear Jesus' words on Sunday and on Monday, I don't, I don't really, I don't want to forgive that person or I'm not going to show grace in this situation or uh, I want to tell them how it is because I'm right and they're wrong. Even when we do all that and we come back to Jesus, he doesn't hesitate in taking us back because he's no, he knows there's no better place than to be with him. And like God proved his relationship to the Israelites, his love is still perfect. And Jesus on the cross showed that his love covered our greatest need, something that no amount of wisdom could cover, the need for a Savior. That's what wisdom is. It's, it's someone who knows what's right and knows everything and still shows forgiveness and still shows love and still gives us an opportunity for a fulfilling life. So if you don't know Jesus, if you don't know what this means, I'd love to talk to you more. Please come and just come and talk to me this week. Send me a text. My, my phone number's on the, on the program, on the back there. Um, you got to know this. Because the truth is if you just seek wisdom um, in terms of uh, worldly, like uh, I'm going to know the answers, you're not going to get anywhere. And you're probably going to be counterproductive. And, and uh, let's not waste all that time. Uh, just come to Jesus. Know what that means. So let's talk. Let's pray. Uh, if the worship band wants to come out, I thought they were. I think they want me to just keep talking. Is that right? You want me to just keep talking? No, I'm just kidding. I'm supposed to pray when I'm done. Sometimes I just don't want to finish because once I step down, they don't let me back up here again. Let's pray. God, thank you so much uh, for establishing that relationship first. Uh, thank you for sending Jesus to show us that we can trust you. And even when we try to do things on our own, you, you do offer grace and forgiveness, so thank you for that as well. Uh, we come here and sing praises to you, uh, not because we should um, necessarily, but because you showed us how much you love us. And so let us return that today and in our lives. Thank you for Jesus. In his name we pray.